Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How is everybody doing today? Have we all recovered from Halloween? Are we eating all the leftover candy? I am. I just had like, you know, those little, little tiny square snicker bars. I had like three of those. Halloween's deadly because it's going to last forever. Anyway, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour, and I've got a great show for you. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state. Plus, we have brand. We have associates and branches all over the all over the West Coast, including Nevada, Oregon, Washington, and Hawaii. So if you ha- need help there, get a hold of me. I'm all over the place. I'm a California Haunts is on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I'm actually uh, over at Instagram as well under Ghosty Gal, all lowercase. We're over at TikTok under California Haunts, all lowercase. We're on Twitter, Cal Haunts. You can find us. And like I said, we're all over. T- we're all over. Um, Listen, TikTok. We're all over Facebook, so you can find us. Our psychic team is there too. Sacramento Sears is our psychic team. Anyway, welcome everybody. It's Tuesday after Halloween. Everybody seems to be starting up on the holiday season. I have no problem with that. I have a Christmas tree I keep for my mom since she passed because she likes Christmas. She loved Christmas so much that I've I vowed to keep one tree up all year. So I have one that's unlit all year. And then last night at midnight, my mother and I had this tradition where um, we would be out driving because I've always had a friend that we would take home and then bring back. And uh, I would put the, the chipmunk song, Christmas song, and um, on at midnight. So I followed that tradition. So last night I went until midnight, popped on the song, you know, and just kept that kept that tradition going and flipped on the tree. So I'm getting started for Christmas and then start working on my uh, front yard display for this year. So that's going to start on this weekend. But in the meantime, we're here, we're back, we're back on the air live. Last night we had a a pre-recorded show about aliens and UFOs, right? It was a pretty good show. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking precognition, telepathy, and how physics kind of, how, you know, physics plays into all this. And there's something I really never realized before, that that, that physics and and telepathy and that could kind of bind together. But my my guest tonight, Marty Rosenblatt, he talks about that. And so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. So like I said earlier, pull up a chair, put your feet up, put, you know, if you're, if you're wearing piggy slippers or something like that, put your slippers on, put your feet up. You don't even have to watch me, right? Cause I'm on your TV, right? So, so you know, I have people that put me on their TV. I did that to myself. I have a 65 inch screen. I scared myself. I was kind of cruising my shows on my cell phone. There I popped on a 65 inch screen. Ooh. Ugh. So yeah. So I just <laughs> dig it down right away. It scared me. But uh, you can listen to, you can just listen to my voice, you know, listen to this gentleman and I. All right. So without further ado, I'm going to bring him on and uh, let's get this show on the road. Oh, I forgot my, wish me the button too. There we go. Me and my buttons, right? All right, here we go. Good evening, sir. Hello, hello. <laughs> and um, um, yeah, I'm prepared here to talk about Whatever you'd like, just ask questions and I will respond. 
All right. First off, tell me about you. Well, I am a physicist. I have a bachelor's and master's from UCLA. Um, and psychic phenomenon, things like precognition and all of that goes back to my youth when I used to read all the science fiction books I could get my hands on. Mm -hmm. And they contain what rather remarkably <laughs> um, is true. A lot of what they do in there in terms of telepathy, precognition was true. However, um, there's really no real proof. And the first time I started exploring proof was when I saw an article by Hal Pudoff and Russ Targ from the Stanford Research Institute, which was published in early 1970s. And I went to my sponsors. At that point, I was working um, as a defense contractor. And one of our contacts was the DIA. And I went to them and said, hey, you guys really ought to know about this paper. Um, th they talk about remote viewing, and they even had a bit about precognition, and it was published in the IEEE, a major peer-reviewed journal. Um, um, and so, fortunately, uh, they sent me off to SRI and I got to meet Pudov and Targ. Very impressive. I saw their lab. We talked for, for a long time. Um, and I went away very impressed. And they basically had proof. The odds against what they did was in those days, early 70s, one in a million. It's now been duplicated by the Peer Institute, Princeton Institute, and other well-known establishments. Um, and so all of this stuff is real. <laughs> um, so maybe one other thing I should add. I don't know if you've heard of the Monroe Institute, but because of some of the books I read and the people who did some of this were trained there, so that's where I went and I met Joe McMonaco, um, who to this day I do uh, webinars and workshops with. And um, okay, I, I think that's enough. <laughs> when you talk about applying physics to this stuff, because I, I've been around psychics, you know, for a long time. So how were you able to apply physics to all this and how did that work? Okay, I have a model. It's based on the idea that consciousness is fundamental. Um, at our workshops, I capitalize fun. But consciousness is fundamental. Actually, it goes back a long way. But in recent times, it was quantum mechanical people, Schrodinger and people like that, that were forced to take that issue on. It was called the measurement problem. They could not determine where, say, an electron was until it was measured, and then they knew it. Mm -hmm. Up to that point, it was in like a fuzzy probabilistic space. 
So um, now, okay, so they bring in this idea of what's called non-locality. That is, and I'm sure you've heard of this, has been so well publicized, when you have two photons, say, each going in the opposite direction at the speed of light, if you tweak one, the other one is tweaked instantly. Mm. That's non-locality. Locality means like sound has sound waves, light mm -hmm. has light waves. This is going even faster. That was part of quantum mechanics. That's the basic physics here. Now, I went deeper than that. I, with consciousness as fundamental, realized um, that the connection with the physical world is through what's called the zero-point energy field, sometimes called vacuum energy. Mm -hmm. um, if you were to go in the middle of space as far away from any other body, and then you get down to the very, very tiny, 10 to the minus 30-ish uh, meters, there's fluctuating energy there. And it's here too. In your body, when you get smaller and smaller and smaller, you have got fluctuating energy, which has a huge amount of potential. It's equivalent to a fireball in a nuclear weapon. Hmm. That's called zero point energy. Now here's where at least, I don't know, others have probably done this. I don't want to take any credit for this. Sure. Particularly because the idea of what I'm about to tell you now is that the zero-point energy field is connected to the spiritual, non-physical world where consciousness of past, present, and future from all sentient beings exists. That's what this place, I call it the universe of collective consciousness. Um, if any of you know about remote viewing, you've heard of Ingo Swan, he called it the matrix. Um, all that is, um, some when I talk about it say, oh, maybe that's a, a representation of God, a higher being, because it's a non-physical, place which is really the source of the physical because consciousness is fundamental down there it goes through the zero point energy field and interacts with every molecule in your body interacts with your nervous system mm -hmm. so when psychics get information mediums get information when i get information when i'm doing precognition it comes from this universe of collective consciousness, which has future information in it. And that indeed is how I could do my precognition. So mediums get information because all souls, when they pass from the physical plane to the non-physical spiritual plane, they're there. Um, Virtually every psychic phenomenon has its source in this 
universal collective consciousness, all that is, which is fundamentally more fundamental than the zero point energy field or the vacuum <clears throat> energy field. So now I hope you see where physics comes in. And right. it comes in in a very fundamental way. And it actually allows an explanation for all kinds of VSP phenomena. And ETs, I know you talk a lot about ETs and UFOs. Well, the ET information is down there. They're conscious. So every time they have a, a conscious moment, it's shared with their personal. I also believe in a personal spiritual reality. But that then connects up with this non-physical universal mm -hmm. reality. Is that that energy they talk about like like when, when humans were formed all those millions of years ago? And they talk about that certain energy that went into the molecules to start building the human race. Um, you know, or something similar. I mean, that touches on so many other things. Mm -hmm. I happen to believe that thousands of years ago, maybe 10,000 years ago, we were visited by ETs. Sure. And they, I believe, used genetic engineering. And maybe okay. that's, that's what you meant. But who yeah. knows? Maybe they did it in another way by grabbing the energy from this um, ZPE, zero-point energy field. Mm-hmm. The one thing when you said that too, what struck me too, is I've had psychics on my team and, you know, we, we use EMF meters to find ghosts, you know, to, to get triggers off that. And I have mm -hmm. had psychics who have let off a lot, had a lot of EMF coming off of them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, could that energy be like when a psychic is working, could that energy be morphing in the EMF on some, of, on some people? Absolutely. Okay. You know, when you get into this deep place, mm -hmm where you're connected more directly with the spiritual world, the non-physical world. And um, I don't know what your psychics were doing, but mediums will contact souls, dead people's souls who are there. And certainly when they're doing that and bringing back the information, um, yeah, I could see a lot of um, um, energy coming from coming from them that can actually be picked up. So maybe you're doing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I find this fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. And that it makes what you're saying makes a lot of sense because in order for us to pick up what's coming from somewhere else and us to send to somewhere else, there has to be some kind of energy leaving our body to do that. And an intermediary holding place for the information which mm -hmm. is this spiritual reality. Some people don't like the word spiritual. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know, for a long time, I would only say non-physical reality. But it is spiritual. That's where the souls are. That's how your psychics can get information from the souls. That's how reincarnation can occur. Now, I don't know what causes a soul that's there to connect up with a nascent, a new human being, but I believe that connection takes place at the moment of conception and the information is somehow shared. Um, and maybe the connection is with the parents 
who then make the, you know, the sperm. In fact, mm -hmm. if you think about it, we call the sperm that attaches to be random. But mm -hmm. you know what? Things may not be so random. The reincarnated person might have affected it. The parents might have affected it. Um, um, God, whatever that is, you know, the highest being may have influenced it in some way. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really speculating now. But no, once right, you right, get right. into the spiritual world, um, anything becomes possible. And all ESP events make sense now. Mm -hmm. Well, that's as a ghost hunter, that's what I always like to say is um, you're not going to, like, even when you talk to ghost hunters, you're not going to get the same answer from everybody because no one really knows. There's no experts in the field. You know, we're out there learning just like everybody else. That's why we're taking copious notes when we're out there, mm -hmm. you know, trying to figure all this stuff out. Now, in your studies of this, with the, let's say the stronger, you know, the stronger people you've worked with, what, what are the similarities you've seen? Well, the strong ones are so, so very good, mm -hmm. but everybody can do this. I am not strong, and yet I've done remarkable sessions. In fact, I really encourage people to do it. If you give me a moment for a plug, because mm -hmm. they can learn all this at appliedprecog.com. We have lots of free videos. We give two conference workshops a year with fabulous people. We just finished one. And every the first Wednesday of every month, I train people. Um, but there are plenty of videos out there that do it appliedprecog.com and everybody can do it. Um, um, you know, you don't do it every time. That's mm -hmm. what, what makes it so unbelievable for people. But the experiments that have been done show that you do it now with odds better than one out of a billion when you take all the experiments together. Individuals on a 50-50 proposition which is what we do in mm -hmm. precognition. We say, describe and sketch the photo you're going to see for your feedback. And that'll come in two or three days. And we give it a six digit number. So describe and sketch your feedback. And um, there's no cheating because the pictures aren't even drawn until I have their transcript in hand. Mm -hmm. And, it's remarkable how, how well they do. Everybody has access to information from this universe of collective consciousness. How hard is it for people, for people to get started to, to do that? I mean, does it take time for them to practice to build up that energy? Or, or, or are there students that just walk in and just boom? Some of them have what's called beginner's luck. You know, they got no false pretenses. They have no reason to think you know, they're going to fail or win. They don't even know what it is. In fact, tomorrow <laughs> I'm having a, um, I'm having a webinar and we'll be teaching people tomorrow's the first Wednesday of the month. Mm -hmm. um, and um, newbies will be there and some of them will do quite well. It turns out we'll be doing roulette there because what we do is always binary. So roulette's mm -hmm. binary you know, red and then black, we associate with the green. Mm 
Um, so it's binary. And people enjoy it. And it's easy. You know, I take them through it and they do a session the first time all the way through. Um, and it's not hard. Um, in fact, what's hard is to get your analytical ego mind out of the way. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that that's true of your psychics. It's just the ego is very noisy. Yes. And we first do a cool down. In fact, I'm going to do a meditation tomorrow to cool him down, um, get the ego out of the way, go to a spiritual place, and then start doing your session. That's what I was going to ask you is how do you get people into that frame of mind? Because, you know, they've got so much going on in their lives. And like you say, they might walk in thinking, oh, I, I can do this already. You know, because I, I run into that when I teach classes. Sometimes you get the people that come in saying, I can do this already. I don't need it. I don't really need this. Well, that's right. And we have people like that. And, and then they do it. We don't mind people like that. Mm-hmm. See, we keep statistics for each per person. And there's a hit rate chart. And as they're going through it, they're notes and they have access to all that so they can learn. So if a person that we can even do it with a pendulum, if mm-hmm. people come in and they say, hey, I'm really great with this. Okay. Show me, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, it's a binary thing. They can make a prediction. Um, you know, we have two pictures, but they can make a prediction. Is it going to be the first one we call photo site a, or is it going to be the second one? And that's all they have to do. And then they enter that. And um, and then we see if they're right or wrong. So, no, it's um, the idea of a meditation. In fact, in the jargon of remote viewing, it's called cool down. Okay. And usually you just get really quiet, try to get rid of, do get rid of all of your ego intellectual stuff. But I've now added um, a formal, I'm going to do a formal meditation, take him to this spiritual place. I'm going to take him to a garden, have him just enjoy the beauty. You know, people do meditations like that a lot. They're on Mm -hmm. the internet. But I want to do it. And then I'm going to say, keep that feeling with you and start your remote viewing session. And the remote viewing session starts with a number. Um, Um which I've already, I've had them put that on a sheet of paper. And then what's called an ideogram, which is like a squiggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then stuff comes. The ideogram is sort of the physical way you connect up. Um, and information comes. Everybody gets something. <laughs> and the weirder it is, the better it is. But um, we have... You know, we have like 20 categories of stuff and we have them ultimately put them in those categories. Uh, anyway, I don't want to get into that kind of detail now. Yeah, yeah. But, um, as a scientist, as you are, because you, you have a very analytical mind, was it hard for you? I mean, like you said, when you were a kid, you you know, you you were reading these magazines. Was it hard for you to discuss this with other people, you know, other people that you know that have analytical minds? Because some aren't as open-minded. No, it's still hard. And scientists are the worst. It's really so frustrating to me because they've done triple-blind experiments. They've done anything, any science 
um, and any scientist would normally expect of experiments mm -hmm. and they still won't believe it. Um, they say there's got to be something wrong. And that's because they do recognize that the consequences are really profound. Mm -hmm. Mental telepathy, for example. In fact, one person told me who was in the program, he believes that's why the program was stopped. The program went off for 20 years. Started in the 1970s, ended in 1995 or six or something like that. Um, and he said it was because Congress people, the people who were funding it, the whole idea that you could get into their mind, you know, find out if they were lying, for example, um, um, scared them and they cut off the money. Um, it's still going on. I know people get special projects and stuff like that. But imagine precognition. If if we're successful, and we're successful now, and I'd say 65, 60 to 65% level. We have some people that actually have gotten higher than that in their last 25, but then for reasons which I believe are all psychological, they take a dip. Mm-hmm. And so it gets very hard to use that. But that's what we're working on. How can you get so you can apply this? And look what that'll do to the financial world. Um, you know, what I hope happens is right. they'll all start using precognition. <laughs> Which brings me to the next topic. You had done a thing with the uh, stock market, right? Where you guys were, where you were trying to predict the stock market. Right. S stock market and sporting events. Um, and again, the people are all, almost all of them doing better than chance. Some of them are up at the 60, 65% level. Wow. I am trying, but again, they have these dips, unpredictable dips. And I'm working on that. I've given suggestions, doing the meditation. You know, every time I can't get to this next level, it forces me to do something new mm -hmm. this meditation is new we actually did it in our conference um after someone else gave a meditation and mm -hmm. i said hold on to that and we got two really good hits in a row in roulette i mean like 10 one way three the other mm -hmm. and the other one was like seven in the correct direction and two or three in the wrong direction really strong um, and we'll see if that continues. The question I have with this is, like you say, that you know they have ebbs and, and, and flows on this thing. Could it be it's just exhausting for them to do it? Because I know, you know, like like certain people. Well, not every not not every psychic I know, but they do have to rest up in you know in between stuff, don't they? Before they come out and do this. Yeah, I used to work with Mel Riley, and he was doing. Um, um, for a customer, I guess, with me and another person, a session. And this was long. Mm -hmm. uh, there's something called controlled remote viewing. That's what a lot of people use to find missing persons. Joe McMonaco will describe a city where a missing person is, sometimes a dead person, and mm -hmm. where is it? Um, and that goes on for like an hour. And then they might take a break and go back. And then they're zoned out, zoned out. Mm -hmm. ARV is not like that. Okay. ARV, because 
you're supposed to, you are, describe and sketch your feedback picture, period. Mm -hmm. There are two of them. We chose, we choose them to be as different as possible to make it easy. And so our sessions last typically seven to 10 minutes. Um, and then we write end of session. There, most people do them on one page. Some people do them on two pages. And we don't want any more mm-hmm. because there's a judge, either that person or an independent judge, who then compares the transcript with the two pictures and says, oh, gee, this is really a good match to photo side B. And only the computer knew whether or not photo side B was connected to with stocks up or down. Mm-hmm. Um, with roulette, red or black. And so it's only after the judge makes his analysis on which photo is the best match, then everybody knows what the prediction is. Okay. Okay. Now, do you know, um, or, or have you studied, like, you know, like I said, there's some people have, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say are better than others, but they have, they seem to be a, a little more talented than other people. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because they they ended up with more of this the, the, this electrical field in them, or it's just the draw the draw the short straw? That question gets asked a lot, and I frankly don't know the answer. Okay. I will tell you that a lot of people have been surprised. There's a classic story at Stanford Research Institute where they had these good psychics. They were well known psychics. They were doing good work, and they wanted to compare them to non-psychics. So Russ Targ found this. Now, she was artistic, and I think that's one of the kinds of things, creative people who are open to getting information from who knows where. But anyway, they brought her aboard. She turned out to be as good as and better than most of the psychics. And until she tried it, and their instructions are very simple, like ours. Mm -hmm. You know, describe and sketch. Maybe in those days they were using an object that I'm going to show you. Um, And so it's, we do believe, so I'm giving you the standard answer now, (laughs) creativity and meditation. Those are the two main things. If you meditate, again, because when you meditate, you learn how to shut off your yapping ego intellectual mind. Mm -hmm. And creative, I believe, is because you're now opening to get information from your subconscious. I use the word subconscious for that intermediate. You know, it's your subconscious and it connects to this universe of collective consciousness, to all that is. And that's what they do when they're creative. That's perfect sense. Now I have a a psychic I work with, well, a medium that I work with that um, is, is quite the you know quite a good remote reader, and it's interesting to work with her because I can actually go on site, and I can actually have her see through my eyes when I'm walking around somebody's house or a building. It's, it's fascinating to see. It, sometimes it's scary too because she'll go, "Oh, there's a chair over there that he used to sit in," and you look over there and there's a chair, and you're like, "Wow!" You know. <laughs> I wonder what the name for that is. That must have a name, but that's very impressive. Can she read your mind as well? I mean, yes. she's sort of. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to, usually you have to give permission. Yeah. Um, but to see what you're seeing, mm-hmm. 
Wow. She's very good. Do you think we have what's called um, talk withs, where we do exactly what you're doing here, mm -hmm. um, and I get people who are well-known in the field, some who are not well-known but have just written a book and they want to talk about it, but always in the field of consciousness. Where does this other, where does this psychic live away from you, right? She lives uh, about five cities away, yeah. I would love to have you and her on a Zoom. We would use Zoom, but yeah. you know, it's just as good. And have her demonstrate that. Yeah. Where you can walk into a room, she can get into your head, and she's going to describe what's there oh my yeah. god would that be fascinating i'll ask her i'll ask her yeah she's probably she'll, she'll be open to it probably yeah i'll ask her yeah I'll and you her. might bring an unusual object in the room you know there are always chairs in the room um stuff like that oh that would be great okay. and that would get her known she probably has a website and we would advertise all that stuff absolutely oh my god that, yeah, that would be great her. I'll ask. Yeah, we've done it on about maybe four or five, six investigations where we've had to do that. Okay. Yeah. Are you Charlotte or Caesar? I'm Charlotte. Caesar's my uh, tag that I use. Okay. Okay. Caesar's ghost. Well, that's right. And so <laughs> yeah. I thought you made it. Yeah. Oh, Caesar, like the. Um, Great Caesar's ghost. Senior. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, not, I get it. Yeah. Yes, it's not spelled like Caesar. Caesar, it's spelled. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, why don't you you you've got my email? I've got your email. I think that's really a great idea. See if he's willing to do that on okay, Zoom. I'll do that. I'll do that. Okay. Now, the interesting thing I find about what you guys do is that um, it is like you say it's it's fifty percent. It's different people that are doing it. And to me, that would be fascinating. Like when I'm teaching psychic development classes, I get a deck of cards. And what I'll do is, you know, I'm usually doing it on Zoom, via Zoom too, you know. Mm -hmm. And what I'll do is I'll say, okay, guys, there's, you got your red and black colors. I'm going to mix the cards up. Let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. We do the first read and usually nobody does very well. Well, then I'll do other exercises like a meditation. I'll do certain meditations. I'll take them to their, their their spirit library. I'll take them, you know, different places. Then I stop and I'll get the cards out again. And they do better. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. That's and just like the, you say, it's because they're opening up. Right. What do they get on a whole deck? They get 55% or? They're about, they're about 55%. Yeah. 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 Which is fine. You know, and people, you know, people can scoff all they want saying, well, they really got red and black to choose from. But still, it's a hard thing to do when you're going through that many cards. Well, and we want them to do it consistently. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, okay. You know, obviously, there's a lot of overlap in what we're doing. So. That's why I wanted to talk to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would like some of your people that did the ARV. Well, they did the red and black cards. Maybe yeah. they would like to do precognition. Because when you get good at it, and as I say, some of them are at 60, 65% mm -hmm. reasonably consistently, but then they do this dropping. Uh, mm -hmm. You can earn money. We have a program called the Precog Pro program. And when they qualify, and to qualify, they have to get up at, say, 70%. If they get 
If they're brand new, they get seven out of 10, they're a precog pro. No cost to them, but I will pay them based on how well they do on the next 25. Oh, that's cool. And so they get paid, no cost. That's cool. It is cool. cool. So, I have a question to you. Do you find that there are some psychics that, uh, medium psychics that specialize in stuff? You know, it's it's not just, okay, I, you know, I've, I, over the years I have found people who were better at telepathy, people that were better at ESP, you know, things like that than they are other stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. I see that all the time. I try to get people who are mediums to do ARV, but they like to do their medium stuff. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. bet they could do both. Mm -hmm. um, um, there's Joe McMonagle, who's one of the most famous guys who was in the RV unit. You know, they had a government-funded unit mm -hmm. in several places, but he was out of Fort Meade. Um, he does a lot of remote viewing, but he gets involved in... Um, well, let me... I'm not sure about that. I know I know he's done other stuff, but I can't get very specific about it. Mm -hmm. But you know, he spends so much time. He did six remote viewings a day, and uh, when he was in the army unit, they had him do no. I'm sorry, six remote viewings a week. So one a day. Took Sunday off, I guess. And when he retired, he kept doing that. And in the unit, they gave him more than that, and they really tired him out. Sure. So I recommend to our people, they simply do, uh, you know, one a day, maybe five a week. Um, and I'm not recommending if they get 80% on their last 10, they take a break. That mm -hmm. seems to be one of the signs where the hit rate goes up, then whoop, it drops. Yeah. So we're yeah. still experimenting. It's fascinating. It really it's is. It's really fascinating. And, you know, um, the other another question I had, too, was that oh, I forgot. <laughs> That's what I get. Oh, yeah. Um, do you find that if you have a strong sender when you're testing, you know, somebody that, that, that can send out strong, that your results are better? We don't um, ever test that. Okay. I mean, we test them directly in their ARV. Notice one thing, though. They're both a sender and a receiver. In ARV, when you do your remote viewing session here, okay, mm -hmm. so you, your, your task is to describe and sketch what you're going to see in the future. Well, now you're kind of a sender. Now in the future, you've got the truth, the information. Now, not only are you a receiver, but you want to send back the information to the remote viewer. Okay. And what that really is, is entanglement in the quantum mechanical sense. So it's non-local entanglement. And in fact, <laughs> you love this because we talked about telepathy enough. I call it precognitive telepathy because you're a different person at your remote viewing session compared to your feedback session. And so it's telepathy with yourself. And so there's no worry about somebody reading your mind who you don't want to read your mind. And I think it's a beautiful place to learn telepathy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
it's just the whole thing so so interesting to me. You know, because I've watched like you, I've watched people work with pendulums. I've you know, I've watched people work with other, with other things, and I've 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 seen channelers, even people that channel, and that fascinates me. Right. You know, they're exhausted afterwards, but it's just fascinating when when their voice lowers and their body hunches over, and you know it's not them. You know what I mean? It's it's someone else coming out. All of this is a different world. In fact, I think ETs are sort of watching our development. Imagine even us, we're learning about it. We're doing more and more, even though it's a small group, Mm -hmm. some more scientists are getting into this. Mm -hmm. And so imagine a hundred thousand years from now, a million years from now, which is nothing in galactic time. I'm sure there are living entities out there that are that old and they're probably just watching our development and, um, you know, apparently ETs use telepathy right. a lot. Um, and that makes sense, you know. <laughs> they, they're they all over the world doing things. And I guess it's, it's the conscious experience that's being shared. Uh, gee, I love bananas. Well, you know, there's a feeling of love there. And they know what bananas look like. And so you can do telepathy that way. I can't, but mm-hmm. some people can. It's funny. I've heard stories of people that have been allegedly abducted and mm-hmm. got taken aboard, and they say, "Okay, they're communicating, you know, with me, to you know, through my mind." But when and when they come back, it had opened them up enough to where they have these psychic abilities after they return. Okay, that's cool. I think that's true of near-death experiences. That too. Yeah, I mean, you can see all of this is connected and it's all coming from the same deep spiritual place where all the souls are um you know your soul is out there now your eternal soul and my eternal soul are out in this spiritual place eternal so all of the information of your future is out there and yet and this is the big contradiction and you can't explain it i don't think you have free will mm-hmm. and you're creating your experience that goes into a physical spirit okay and that information is shared with the deep eternal spiritual but you are creating your own spiritual self in the physical world with every moment and your eternal one knows it and i think somehow you're creating that it's not predetermined because you have free will do and you have that? an eternal soul <laughs> so awesome. awesome that's just it's mind-boggling absolutely yeah. mind-boggling do you think there's ever going to be a time when everybody on earth will be able to you to utilize their abilities i think there'll be a time when say 30 40 percent and they will be separate. The others, I, you know, I don't think it's going to happen all at once. It's not going to happen magically. Um, but I think to change the world, you'll need more than 10% are commuting with each other and doing proofs and all that. Proofs mean nothing. Until you do it yourself, it has no deep meaning. 
Mm-hmm. That's why I'm trying to get as many people as I can involved in ARV because mm-hmm. most people can do it. And then it changes you. You now see, oh my God, there really is a non-physical world out there that contains all the information in the world, in the universe. And do you think, you know, like I, I've known people too who are able to blow out lights as they're walking. Like, like you know, I, I used to have to me when I was younger where I would be walking down the street and the street lamps would turn off as I went by. <laughs> That's interesting. I've heard of that. And yeah. I know that some people who actually are damaged by electromagnetic fields. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in fact, you've heard of Ingo Swan. Right. He, when he was at Stanford Research, they wanted to do some experiments on him. He went past what was a very sensitive um, machine and made it go wacko. And um, it's like a P, it's PK, psychokinesis. Uh And um, yeah, all these things, people can do them, but not everybody can do all of them. And I I do think you do get, for whatever reason, specialized. You know, now I'm specialized in ARV. I like to talk about all this other stuff. I'd like to connect it because consciousness is really my basic field. Mm-hmm. But how much time do I have? And that's why I love to get these speakers who are doing different things. That's why I'd like to get you and your psychic friend. That'd be great. And it educates my people too to the broader nature of consciousness. I just like I said earlier. I just it, it, it just it, it fascinates me because like I like I said when I wrote you initially, I've known a lot of psychics over the years, you know, and I've seen them do different things and specialize in different things, and it's interesting that you have come up, you know, with this theory of where it all comes from. Right. Because a lot of them will look at me and go, "I don't know how I do this. I just do it, and it comes to me," you know. And and, and that's cool. absolutely fine. You right. know, they're picking up information through the subconscious. That gets into their mind and the whole nervous system. That's why they can talk differently mm-hmm. and stuff like that. The, the nervous system. Now, I don't have any doubt it's coming from a spiritual place, but they don't need to believe that or even know it. All they do know is that they're getting information through something like a subconscious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other thing I was just thinking too is I've had psychics come into my mind without asking. And, you know, come into my body without asking and when it happens my right arm get feels like it's almost heavy in the sleep mm. it's a really weird feeling kind of like your skin's crawling but it's a real heavy feeling when they're you know when they come in uninvited uh, that's very very interesting yeah and that's one of the biggest fears everybody says when they get into this i don't mm-hmm. want people reading my mind Period. I'm not even invited. I don't want people reading my mind. There are things in there which I don't don't want to share. Mm-hmm. I I think, think, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that eventually, as we get into more and more about telepathy, mm-hmm. you will be able to block information and put it in a safe that people will not be able to get to. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I want that in there. I want that in there. Hey, you can look at the rest of this crap. I don't care. But there's certain stuff I don't want you to be able to see. That sounds like a trainable talent to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I've had someone tell me, you know, if, if you come in contact with somebody that even has negative intentions with their abilities to make a, um, a chrome, um, <laughs> a chrome shield mm -hmm. in your mind. And that way, when they try to put those thoughts in, toward in your direction to put up that chrome shield and they go right back to them. Right. I like that. In fact, I once did that in a long time ago. Who knows? And I think it's still there. If anybody has negative intentions towards me, it goes back to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Double fold. But, um, you know, I, I, the mind, your soul, your eternal soul, and I think even your physical soul has access to an infinite amount of information and capabilities. We just don't yet know quite how to access it. We got too much crap in our subconscious that comes from when we grew up. I think you were tuned into this all very early. Yes, and very think, young. Yeah, very young. You can, I can just tell from, you know, knocking out lights and stuff <laughs> like that, you know, that and your whole belief system, which was tentative until you've done so much. So, but you learned early mm -hmm. and um, I think that's helpful. Yeah, I'm doing a series on TikTok right now about what it was like when I was a kid. Because my family always thought I had a very vivid imagination. And that's where it was coming from when I would see like dark figures walking through my bedroom and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> Einstein said, and, and I use this, imagination is more important than knowledge. Yeah. And uh, I think that's such a cool, such a cool quote. For somebody that wants to get into this, what, what advice do you have? Go to Applied Precog. Applied. <laughs> seriously. No, I'm applied, not laughing. Yeah, Appliedprecog.com. And we have all kinds. Of, you know, I can't give you a two-word answer. Well, in right. a way, I can. Come to our website and do it. And period. Um, and you can join us uh, for free. And you can do one ARV prediction a um, week. We mm -hmm. encourage people to become paid members. Um, that's about to go up to $65 a year, which is not very much. Most of the places charge more. Um, and then you can do as many as you want every week. But we recommend five. But we have as many as 10 different precog groups. So... So that's what I recommend. Just do it. Absolutely. You know, forget all of this talk and knowledge. You know, today we've talked a lot. Yeah. But imagination, which is what you use when you're doing your ARV session, you get quiet. You sort of feel spiritual with you. You do a nittygram and you wait what comes up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's I'm not, not hard. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at this, uh, the whole thing because I get people all the time who ask me, how can I do this? How can I get like this? And I said, well, you, a class would help. You need to take some kind of course to learn. Because the other thing, and let's talk about that a little bit, is controlling it. Because is once is, 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 is controlling it. Because once you uh, open that door, anything and everything will come through. 
Well, in ARV, that has not been my experience. What has been my experience is I am getting more precognitive. Right. But I'm not getting um, messages from beyond. Mm -hmm. I'm not having people telepathically influence me that I know of. If mm -hmm. my arm doesn't <laughs> get like that. <laughs> so when I get into a spiritual place, my eyes get funny. It, it just feels different. There's a different mm -hmm. feeling. Um, which I like. Right. But I don't know. I just don't know. The idea of being controlled, mind control stuff and all that. Um, I just don't know how real that is if you don't give your permission. Right. But I guess you've had some people do that to you. But Yeah. Over the years, yeah. It's... Yeah, but that's never happened to me. Yeah. And um well you're fortunate. Yeah. I mean, I think you know a lot of it. I agree with you in your in your teaching techniques because I teach meditation to go along with the abilities. That's what I teach yeah. and I think that's very important for people to keep you know like you say to get them in that spot to be able to do this. And that way they also learn how to open and close the door. Well, that's right. In the session. Mm -hmm. In fact, we have our people at the bottom of their Every session, remote viewing is a feedback session, analysis, right? End or EOS, end of session. Mm -hmm. Most people seem to like EOS. Um, anyway, um, because then it's over. Now you're right. back to your normal self. Right, right. We don't have to detox because ARV is just too short. But some people do. Some people get so deep into it. Lynn Buchanan... Um, Tells a story, you know him. Mm -hmm. he, he tells a story of getting sucked in to one of the really bad people he was um, investigating. And he, I mean, he just didn't want to go home. He was afraid he was going to hurt his wife. Mm -hmm. And then he really came up with a formal detox technique after an experience like that. So, yes, you can get really deeply into this stuff when you do you know, hour, two hour sessions, mm -hmm. 30, 40, 50 pages. Absolutely. Absolutely. And your experience do, doing your work, what, 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 um, what case or, or um, remote viewing job has stuck in your mind? Which one, you know, what's impressed you the most? Okay. The one that pops in now is Joe McMonaco was asked, um, to look at this super secret place. There were troops around all the time, but there were trucks going in and out, and the CIA didn't have the slightest idea was going there. In fact, the CIA guy, Gates, I think, um, didn't believe any of this crap. But as a last resort, they asked Joe and I guess a couple of other people, what's going on in there? Well, Joe did his session, and he said, they're building a huge submarine. And he said, I saw their standard submarine off on the side, but they're building this huge submarine. And of course, they all laughed at him. There was about a mile away from where there was any water. Um, and Joe got pissed at being laughed at. And he said, on such and such a day, between a week or so from this date, they are going to launch it. And again, he got laughed at. Um, on 
just about that day, it might have been actually a few days before or after, they dug a trench from that place and they brought out, I think it's called the Typhoon class or the Boomer. It's their biggest submarine, still in service. The CIA did have um, satellite coverage, so they got probably the best view ever of that submarine. Wow. I know. So... <laughs> How cool is that? That's cool. <laughs> that is really cool. <laughs> that is so so cool. I mean, and that's a true story. That um I mean, that's just a true story. It's written up in one of his books and stuff like that. Um <laughs> Bill Gates was one of those guys that was afraid of this stuff. Of course he was. Yeah, well, I can see why. What it would be. Okay, let me tell you one other thing. Okay. Um, because more and more people are beginning to accept this. Mm-hmm. That even in the case you just heard of, um, it could have been precognition. He could have been getting in touch with the people who saw that whole event mm-hmm. and got it from them. That's how it became true. Um, you know, how do you know, even in the case of somebody um, talking to a dead person right. and the dead person says, Oh my God, you really need to find so-and-so that's hidden away and nobody knew where it was and they find it. Well, the fact that they found it is the place where the truth point is and that could be where either the psychic um, got the information. Mm -hmm. So more and more people are connecting a precognition with a lot of these events. Doesn't prove it but it's an interesting theory especially to someone like me that loves precognition absolutely absolutely this hour has blown by oh by yep i want to thank you so much this was great i loved it too you were very interesting to dialogue with so and i will talk with my friend and uh, we'll get that going okay excellent how can people find you let's have your website one more time the website's appliedprecog.com, and they're welcome to email me. I'm an email person, not a text person. And it's marty, M-A-R-T-Y, at p-i-a.com. My first company was Physics Intuition Application, and so that's what the p-i-a.com. But there's also a way to contact me on appliedprecog.com. Okay, fair enough. I would love to get you on again to talk more about, with you about this stuff because I have my own little notes I've been taking too, and uh, you know, because this, this took that direction that I could uh, we could talk notes, you know, back. And forth okay. I, I think so. It was a pleasure for me too. Thank you. All right, so thank you very much. Have a good day. All right, you too. Bye okay. now. All righty, guys. So you got it. So uh, yeah, I would you know if, if you even feel like you might have abilities, I would go over and check a site out. I really would. You know, and see and see that stuff. It's it's really cool to do. It really is. Tomorrow we're shifting gears because we're going to be reading that uh, 
Christmas book about you know different kind of uh, na- not going to say nasty stories, but dark Christmas stories. We're going to start reading that probably next weekend. And the woman that wrote the book, Sylvia Schultz, is going to be with us tomorrow to talk about that. So we're going to kind of get a preview to that book. Okay, that'll be tomorrow's show at six thirty p.m. Pacific. And I want to thank everybody. Now that I'm sitting here and I, I have you all captive. Our uh, download numbers for the podcast have more than doubled since last year. And that's because I have you to thank. It's you guys, you know, listening to the show. It's you guys who are liking the show. It's you guys who are sharing the show with your friends and saying, hey, this is a pretty good show. I thank you all. We want to keep that going. We want to keep building up our audience. That's incredible in a year and a half to more than double the size of the, you know, the amount of downloads. I thank each and every one of you. Everybody who listens on YouTube, thank you. Everyone that listens on Facebook, Facebook Live, thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Everyone that visits our website and listens from there, thank you. I'm really excited. You know, things are looking really good. So I wanted to thank you all tonight. That being said, if you were listening tonight and you were listening from Facebook Live and you like the show and you haven't joined up to follow me or follow California Haunts Radio, Please do that. I appreciate it. That's how you get the word out on what shows are, are going to be on. Same thing with YouTube. If you like the show, you know you, you like what you're listening to, hit that, uh, click on that little ghost down in the bottom right hand corner, and that will subscribe you to our shows. 450 shows are out there, all different topics. We talk precognition. We talk, you know, spousal abuse, all kinds of stuff. You know, click on that that subscribe button because we're you know we're definitely building up, and I'm real excited about it. If you're listening from the podcast, please share the podcast with others. You know, the podcast version of the show. And over at Apple and everywhere else that we go out to. Also, subscribe. If you're listening from RSS, directly from RSS.com, hit that subscribe. Hit, hit that follow button. I'm looking for followers. All right? Anyway, that's all I'm going to say tonight. And uh, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies because we are equal opportunity here. Visit us at CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com for, for information about the shows. And I also have the archives up over there, so you can check all those out. Go back for the last three years on archives and also uh, the blog, some of the Blog Talk archives from when we were spent 10 years on Blog Talk or over there. So you can check all that out. All right? Anyway, I'm going to leave you beat because my night's over and so is yours. And so I will see you tomorrow. At 6.30 p.m. Pacific. And uh, thank you very much for coming tonight. And I'm going to give you his uh, contact information one more time. And here we go. Website, Applied Precog. That's P-R-E-C-O-G dot com. Alrighty then. I will see you tomorrow night. 6.30 p.m. Pacific. With Sylvia. (laughs) Sylvia Schwartz. (laughs) Oh, <laughs>